meets music. This is the perfect blend. Speaking the language from wine geeks to weekend warriors, it's the Cork Dorks with Adam Montiel and Jeremy West, live. Hanging out Liquid Lunch now. We are live. We're excited. We got our friends from Red Wings Horse Sanctuary, which I'm so excited to learn about because I know literally zero about I mean I don't even know you know I'm not even in so much in the that equestrian those equestrian circles as they say Jeremy but we're going to oh you're on three now two sorry you're we good. are we did spend some time out at Trebek's old ranch back in the day. Oh yeah Windfall Farms. That's when it became Windfall Farms. Was that the first Rome Rangers? I'm trying to remember what exactly what we were doing out there. We did a ton of different things out there. Yeah. It was Run Rangers, right? Yeah, I, I think so, yeah. But then there was also garages. Everybody was set up inside the stables. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. these are stables nice enough. You'd want to live in them yourself. Yeah, and Garages <laughs> was out there. I mean, yeah, they were so nice. Mm-hmm. They were really, really mm-hmm. nice. That was a cool place. Yeah, it really was. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's, you know, I worked on a cattle ranch growing up. And, uh, well, seven years. I wouldn't say it was my whole life. But, uh, you know, it's be- between a, a cattle farm and a, and a horse ranch, night and day, Steve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you've been on both. Mm-hmm. But cattle and, and, and horses, it's a, the people are a little bit different. Uh, the people that ha- raise horses, they take uh, a little bit more pride in the aesthetics mm-hmm. of what's happening with cows. It's just. Uh, Your horse people are, are, are awesome. Because, I mean, horses are very, very cool animals. Yeah, well, no, I mean, it's different. I mean, a horse is a pet. I think a cow is something you eat, and I think that's established right from the get-go. Cows won't take you on a ride. Exactly. <laughs> I've never tried. Well, yeah, we've seen how that works out at rodeos, right? Do you consider horses pets? Are they almost like even, they're, they're so big. I don't know. The word pet is just almost interesting to use for them. What do you think? What do you think, Linnell? Companions, definitely. Companions, huh? Get right into that microphone. Get right on. She's trying there. to, okay. but she's getting trying, food. And- it's falling. Oh, it's okay. We got with the we'll, new with the new COVID restrictions and the plexiglass and yeah. everything. It's hard go. for me to get over there to help people. So, yeah. thank you, Steve, for your assistance. Thank you. <laughs> we'll okay. see. These are kind of where they have their like, any little turn on them. The weight will counter, and it will it will imbalance the microphone. So, we're excited to learn about Red Wings Horse Sanctuary. That was the voice of uh, Lene uh, Linnell Soxman. She is the development off. Developmental officer. Also, she's a board member. Uh, talk about what Red Wings does and and uh, why I'm really excited about this event coming up as well. We're really excited too. Red Wings um, was established in Carmel in 1991 uh, by a group of women who were really passionate about rescuing horses. And they also did a lot of lobbying for legislation to end slaughter and horse rescue. Then um, there were development plans on the property that they were on, so they ended up moving to Lockwood, California, in 2000. And it's always been a dream of Red Wings to have a permanent sanctuary. So when we had a generous trust bequest in 2015, we purchased property in Paso Robles. So what is the sanctuary? What is the sole purpose of the sanctuary? Do you rescue horses? Yeah. We do. We rescue abused, abandoned, and neglected horses. And we also have an adoption program so that they can have a new home. We also have permanent residents that are older or have chronic health issues. And we have a separate program as an aftercare facility for retired California racing thoroughbreds. Wow. You know, I have an issue. When I was nine years old, I got bucked off a horse. Really? I never faced my fears. Me too. I never faced my fears. I, I mean, I, I, 
I, I probably I shouldn't have these trust issues. I kind no, you kind of should, right? I mean, what is one they supposed so to do? Well, yeah, they, they do, on. and they're beautiful. But <laughs> these horses, I mean, they're they're a lot stronger than us. They can do whatever they want to do. And I I know a woman who had horses, you know, in Old Agora. Um, there was a lot of property with horse corrals, and she had two horses growing up. I would ride them all the time. One time, this horse, this woman's yeah. had it for you know thirty million years. Bucks her off, hurts her hip. I mean, these horses, they can just do things, right? Yeah, you got to I be, mean, you got to respect them. They respect gotta, them, yes. Oh, yeah, yes. respect everything But it's you do. so cool that you guys are willing to, like, really put yourselves in, in this, build a sanctuary for them and take ones that, I mean, obviously, we've heard horrible stories of when horses can't, they can't do anything with them, what happens to them? You know, I mean, we, and, and, you know, there's the, all the stuff with the, the race horses. So the fact that a race horse has somewhere to go, it's crazy to think, and I don't know, why, why is that? Why is that the thing, like, you know, a race horse, like, oh, the whole joke is like, oh, he lost the race. He's going to become a glue stick now, you know? Like, wh- what is going on, and what is that life really like with, with horses? Well, the race horses, um, the owners and trainers put money into a special fund for these horses. So whether they've just finished their career or they were too slow to begin with right. or not winning not interested they're injured uh we rehabilitate them retrain them so that they learn to do something other than just run run yeah and they can become wonderful trail horses sport horses companion horses imagine if you're like riding up you know in like sarah san Louis or behind madonna where they do horseback riding or Cass where they do horseback riding and then all of a sudden you're on this horse that like got rehabilitated to walk a trail then all of a sudden just like that's so great I don't we you guys... train them well <laughs> oh yeah. i'm sure every that's time i watch cool. a cowboy a western like recently yellowstone it's become very popular on the paramount network you know yeah and, oh, for sure um, and so yeah they always they're always riding horses and so i i want to tackle my fear i want to have out. you ever been on a horse ride a horse yeah because when you when you're on one and you walk you're like whoa this is this is nuts this is wow you know but then when you're on one and it's running it's like it could be not even running that fast and it feels like it's running in a race like it i for those guys to be on those horses when they're running that fast like that's wild to me so we're talking about the uh, red wings horse sanctuary block party and this is going down on september 19th you can get your tickets at my 805 ticks that's tix.com um linnell so let's talk about the day i mean we're working with Cass. Cass is going to be there so i know we're going to have some award-winning wines we are most definitely Cass is co-hosting and uh they've been extremely generous in Everything from helping us figure out how to put on an event of this size to um, ideas for it to the food, the wine, everything. Steve, why, yeah, you us. got bucked off a horse. Why, why do you love horses so much? We've been letting people ride horses in the uh, vineyard ever since we opened up. And so we asked them to sign a waiver of liability. I probably have 500 of them that have develop over time. So it's a way to bond with the neighborhood because there's a lot of people that own horses in our neighborhood. Most of them ride their horses on. So then we had a lot of people say, wow, can I ride, can I ride a horse? I said, well, everybody riding has got their own horse. So if you don't own a horse, you really can't. That's when we hooked up with Central Coast Trail Rides. They've now got 40 horses, some of which have been rescued horses. Um, they're all perfectly trail broke. I mean, they're taking 20 people out at a time, two times a day, seven days a week for the last three years. Never had anybody throw them. These are totally trail broke horses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So these horses can be rehabilitated. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh the sure. One, the one I was thrown off of was my friend's, and I was spending the night, and it was his brother's horse, and I, they had four horses, and I'm pretty sure that I was set up. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> so 
So, I mean, this is completely different than going on something that's professional that's oh, right, 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 right. and all that kind of thing, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. I think most horses you're very, very, very safe with. And uh, so um, I want to hear more about the actual, the, the place itself and uh, talk about uh, the, the entire ranch and, and what people can expect. Well, this property was formerly a pistachio farm, and it's 141 acres off of Union Road. And we have built this sanctuary from the ground up specifically for the needs of our horses. So we have 18 or 19 big pastures. We have two barns. And the horses were moved with no issues, and they are so happy. That's awesome. Surrounded by good wineries, too. Yeah, I have bars right next to you, I believe. Wow. Mm -hmm. Well, we got some great spread. Uh, we got a great spread in here. Chef Charlie is going to be doing the food, and he is um, a staple over there. Everyone loves Chef Charlie at Casa. You out there, it's uh, and, and you are doing all kinds of different events now with that big space up there, and then with everything going on um, with the tasting room and the restaurant. Uh, what did you bring us today, and how's it been, my man? Well, we just brought you along a little bit of cheese and some uh, charcuterie. We got some of my homemade uh, duck galantine pate. A little salami, a little mortadella, some smoked duck and figs. But, yeah, when we snack, we snack seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for for sure. sure. I mean, I think I found my new favorite cheese, Charlie, and it's this this truffle cheese that that you brought out today. And where do you guys get your cheeses from for these charcuterie plates? So I have have two or three sources. one is uh, peacock cheese. Another one is through Chef's Warehouse up in Carmel. And then there's always online. I mean, you can find just about anything out there. But I have access to about 2,500 different cheeses and uh, charcuterie from all over the world. We actually make some of our own charcuterie, like the pâtés, the pancetta bacon. Uh, we're working on hams and doing prosciutto and, and such. But, uh, yeah. It's, I've always enjoyed. I've had truffle cheeses before, but this one I don't know what it is. It's different. I have, it, it's it's super yeah. good. I mean, trust me, Adam and I. You can we've been doing this a long time. We eat a lot of charcuterie and we eat a lot of cheese. And this is I have not had something like this before. It's really yeah. Nice. The Moloterno is is extremely veined with the truffle, so most of your cheeses have little flecks and little bits where they use the truffle peelings that they get. Um, I imagine they might not all get them out of a can, but I mean you can buy them in a can. And that's kind of what they look like to me. This, if you look at it, it's got a big piece of mud on the side yes. of it. That's not mud. That's nothing but truffle. Yeah. And that's probably about $50 worth of truffle right there. You know, so. Well, here, give it to me. It's yummy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, I still got how, talk, talk about how the restaurant has been and, and what you're doing over there now. I mean, you have the, the paired things. Well, gosh, you, you're a cafe. The, uh, upscale members veranda, which has been a huge success. The members are extremely appreciative to have their own little private place to go. They still love the cafe downstairs. They still love their Benny Burger, and they still love the ambiance down there. But this is a different setting, a different situation, um, different food, um, but the same beautiful view. So then we have the all-around-the-world dinners where I'm doing a different country every single month. We're on our 24th country. Tomorrow or day after tomorrow is New Zealand. Uh, we just got through doing um, Persia and Sri Lanka, and, well, we've done 23 countries. And how are you, what are you Googling, and, like, what things are you hitting up to make sure well, that you have cuisine? I mean, you, I, know, I know you know a lot of cuisines, but yeah. that's a lot of cuisine. 
Yeah, well, so basically, I, I, I broke my teeth on traveling and, and cooking around the world, so that helped an awful lot. And then what I don't know, Google is a, is a, a great source, but reading, writing, um, you know, I just I love to research it thoroughly, see what their trends are, because, I mean, it was 40 years ago that I did those travels, and food has changed in all those places now, so I want to keep it up to, up to time and also pair it with the wines here. All right, there's Chef Charlie at Cash, and we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about that, this spread that's going to be happening at the Red Wings Horse Party, uh, Horse Sanctuary Block Party, which is happening on the uh, the 19th, my805ticks.com to get tickets to it. Uh, we'll have more about the wines. We're drinking, of course, Grenache, which they do so beautifully up there at Cass. We got the 2019 in the glass. We got Steve Cass here. We've got Linnell, and we got Chef Charlie. Stick around. We got more coming up on the Liquid Lunch with the Corporate. The Crush 92.5 is radio for people who love music. and Jeremy West live. Hanging out with our friends here from uh, Red Wings Horse Sanctuary. They're celebrating their 30th anniversary of being a sanctuary for the equestrine section. Equestrine? Equestrian? Equestrine? Equestrian. Equestrian. Linnell, get in there. Tell me I'm saying this wrong. What is it? What is it? Equestrian. Horse lovers. Horse lovers. Horse lovers. Horse lovers. That sounds so fancy. I know. Well, this is a really cool event, and we're going to get down to the bones of it. But it's really cool that um, Steve Cass is really um, the sponsor of this event, and they're helping. Actually, Leno is saying how. I mean, if anybody knows events, Jeremy Cass knows how Steve to throw down. Steve just asked me if Ted behaved himself at the fair. I was going to say that. Did I was going to bring that up. Tell him the truth, or <laughs> oh, I think he was. You know, I guess it's really cool is that when you cut down through all of like the everything, um, he's so he loves you so much. He's just so deferential and to speak so highly of you. And they have a such a really you know it is a you know. It's funny because he could really, you know, you wonder, oh, God, what's Ted going to say? But I think he did a great job. He no, was so much fun. Great. And he, he just loves Steve so much. He said he was having a blast. He missed that you couldn't be there. He always calls you brother. And then, uh, but, you know, Sterling was Partner. Sit, partner, yeah. Partner. Sorry, not brother, partner. <laughs> and Sterling was sitting right next to him, so we knew he had to keep it in line. But, no, uh, we had a lot of fun. We talked about, of course, all the fun things that you guys have going on out there. We talked about the new pool that is going to be going in. Oh, so, and so, so, Swim up wine bar. Yeah, he yeah. was really excited about that. I think he said it was his idea. Right? It, it was, yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> and so, anyways, yeah. So it was. It was always fun that you guys come out, and it's nice to be able to spend three hours talking about what you guys have going on because it's so hard to do it in an hour sometimes. It is, well, especially yeah. for a brand like Cass. Yeah, and your wine. I mean, this is another one. Um, you can be a winery and know how to have a good time, but when it comes to the wines, I mean, Cass is serious with the farming. They are serious with their wines. They have put their money where their mouth is in one winery of the year, uh, pretty much every year that they're eligible and so and they make a ton of them they make a ton of them Wait, so what that's did you right. you were not eligible to, to enter this year were you or win? Yeah, yeah you can't win you're not eligible the year after you win yeah and so that's happened a few times to you, you haven't been eligible well, yeah, yeah we, right we, we've won three years out of the last seven mm-hmm. yeah so you have the title to go. for the most uneligibility at the central coast wine competition at this point yes yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. congratulations that's not bad. <laughs> 
<laughs> All credit due to Sterling. <laughs> I love it. Well, um, what did you bring for us today? What are we getting into? Because it's super well, good. Well, you know, Wine Enthusiast has fallen in love with us. They're, they're kind of a tough-scoring magazine. Mm-hmm. We've been trying to get our wines in to be tasted there for a long time. and you got to have Matt Catman come up and stay well, at the Geneseo. Yeah, it's, we've been working on that, and it's, it's providing some results. So we... Uh, I'm pouring the Grenache, which got us a 94. We just found out about it 10 days ago. And this uh, Syrah I'm pouring next got us a 93. We just found out about that yesterday. You know what I love about this Grenache so versatile? I mean, this is a great for what we're doing right now, mm-hmm. just having some charcuterie, a lunchtime wine, nothing too heavy. Um, I don't know what the alcohol on this is, but, I mean, I've already had they're, three they're glasses. Mo- they're, they're mostly a 14, 14 and a half. <laughs> I was going to say, no, it goes down so easy. Mm-hmm. Maybe not quite three full glasses, mm-hmm. but um, it, it, is, it is something that I always think about when I think of mm-hmm. cast. I think you're a Grenache first. Mm-hmm. What do you think about when you t- think about what showcases the property, the vineyards, and your name? You know, uh, I like to talk about our Moved. Most people don't know about that grape. But it's our it's our secret sauce. I, I didn't bring it today, but we've had a Moved win best red wine on the Central Coast. We have a, a enough uh, Moved in our wine blends that we for one time or another have had a full wine tasting that where every single one has Moved in it. I mean, the rosé is sixty percent Moved. It's it's kind of like the Rhone Valley's version of Merlot, and it almost sounds like I'm insulting uh, the wine to say that. But Merlot is the number one selling red wine in the country before sure. that stupid movie came out. <laughs> And even, but, I thought it was a good movie. But even even now, it's the second best selling yeah. because it appeals to very many palates. It's very yeah. um, how much you know. We always talk about how much that movie maligned uh, Merlot. How much did it help Pinot? Would Pinot have seen its you know kind of sweet spot when that then when it did anyways? Or oh, I mean, people still love. I mean, a lot of you know. If you once you get into wine, you start to love Pinot. For every dollar that went out of Merlot, it went into Pinot. Yeah, I had twenty acres of Merlot. And the phone stopped ringing when that movie Isn't came that out. Wild. Yeah, it's mm. funny because you know all the Pinot producers that I talk to, the mm. farmers, they never call it a stupid movie. They're like, "Yeah, that's one of my favorite movies." Top five <laughs> I love that list. movie. <laughs> all right, so we got Cass in the house. We got Steve Cass here. Linnell is here with the uh, Red Wings Horse Sanctuary. We're talking about the block party. Uh, get tickets for this. It's September nineteenth. It's eleven to three. And um, I mean, when we come out, I'm, I'm expecting to see horses. Right? We're going to see horses there. You will see horses. Yes. yes and definitely. what else are we going to see well we're going to have a riding demonstration uh, we have a farrier there who's going to do horseshoeing oh we cool we have a artist that's going to be painting live uh in the barn yeah um we have you cast wine games, all over the place music, is it like a sit-down food thing wine. is it like a dinner thing are we just going to get some past apps what, what what can we expect as far as like what we're going to be schmoozing around there well chef charlie um has got a terrific barbecue menu. Oh, Chef Charlie, do tell. So we've got some beautiful smoked beef brisket. We've got some uh, some pulled pork that we're going to do with my pineapple plum chutney, little sliders. And then you also have some uh, chicken breast that's been marinated in citrus and herbs, and that's going to be smoked, smoke grilled as well. So you've got all those sandwiches. You've got a choice of a lote salad, which has been really... Oh, that Yummy sounds good. successful with, with it for us. And then we have a minted fruit salad and a nice little potato salad. Can I ask the, the chef about his brisket? Because you know me, I like yeah, smoked meat. Yeah, I, have a, I was so, going to ask him about some smoke too stuff, too. That's yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, so brisket, uh, 204? 
Oh, God. Is that what Jeremy's you, what? always got to throw his numbers out. Two, <laughs> 204, 39. No, no. What does 204 mean, Chef? Well, 204, you're probably talking temp. Yes, when you so put basically, of course you're talking temp. I'm going to smoke, that, smoke that puppy <laughs> under a very heavy smoke for about six hours. Okay. and Then, we're then gonna it's going to go into a slow cooker, and it's going to be about 200 degrees for about Not 204. 12 to 14. Not 204, okay. though. Uh, no, it's, I mean, anywhere from 196 to 210, you get this 204, you you're fine. A lot of guys, if you read online, 204, 206 is when they like to pull it. Yeah. Uh, so I bet oh, for their te- internal temperature. Internal temperature, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's, that's a whole different thing. Um, it depends on how you're cooking it. Yeah. 204 is, that's rookie is, stuff. is, right, is fine, but if you, if, if you unveil that puppy and took it out of its wrap too soon... You would lose all of its. Juice. Are you going yeah. with the uh, to preserve rookie. the bark? Do you use the butcher paper? Is that what you do? But butcher paper. Of course really, he does. Really He's well. a professional. Yeah. Jeremy. Well, you know what happens if you use foil, what? Adam? What? Yeah. Shut up. You don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. No. Because he would lose all like the, the bark. It would like... get all moist. <laughs> the, yeah. the butcher paper is to preserve that bark on the outside. Yeah. It helps to breathe. Yeah, yeah. I'm still learning, just like wine. You know, I'm, I like to ask a lot of questions. True. So uh, that sounds. The really main nice. thing is, is just let it rest long enough to hold its juice inside. And let that bark firm. Is that thirty minutes? Hmm? Is it thirty minutes or an hour? At least thirty minutes should be fine. Okay. Yeah. Right. I don't want to take all your secrets. There's no secrets. I mean, when it comes to like briskets and that kind of cooking, is there other secrets or are there just like things that you just kind of learn? Yeah, you know. Well, uh, yes, there are plenty of different secrets. Really? I mean, you can cook it like a brisket. You can cook it like a London broil. You mm. can cook it like a short rib. I mean, there's. All those different adaptations to it. Yeah. I mean, you can strip it out and, and make better jerky than what most jerky is because it's got that content yeah. in, in it and so on. It's, it's, it's a pretty versatile piece of meat. And it w- wasn't even a popular piece of meat until meat prices started to go up. Yeah. And then, you know, you got your genius chefs that go out there and figure out to take a lesser formal cut of meat and how to make mint out of it. You know, that's how the flat iron came along. That's how the... You know, the, the brisket, the, so on. Those those aren't cuts that you would see on every menu. But, you know, right now a filet mignon is, what, 24 to $34 a pound? Yeah, right. So no, too many people are looking at that. They're looking for something a little less, but they're wanting to know how to cook it. That's where chefs come when in. When you go to a restaurant, filet mignon, that's kind of overrated, right? You don't order the filet mignon, It's extremely overrated. Yeah, I mean, you always you go with the New York or the ribeye. Um, I'll, I'll personally, I'll go with a ribeye. I have yeah. taken New York and created a different critter out of it. Okay. So you go take ahead. that big, tri- that big rectangle of the New York strip. Yeah. Cut it straight down the middle. Down the middle. Those, like none of those long skinny steaks with the little fat cap on the end of it. Right. Turn it into four logs. So they're all about two to three inches by two to three inches. Okay. Marinate that with some, a, a notice, good acidic olive oil and a little salt and pepper. Right. And then grill it on all four sides. That puppy will come out with more flavor than a filet mignon every really? single day, and it's got the same the the same eye appeal as the Chateaubriand. Yeah, and it's and it's so delicious. when you're looking at the, when you're looking at the New York strip, where, where you cut it with the grain or with, I guess against it, how do you where you cut? No, it? so basically you're taking the whole thing and you're turning it into one big log. So when you're looking at that log, you're going to cut it the same way you would a steak. Okay, so you're going cutting against the grain. Yeah, yeah. It's just that you're turning it from one instead of having twenty. Two by three inch Little, pieces? Yeah, well, one inch thick steak. Always against the grain, wow. Adam. Never with the grain. You sound like an amateur. No, I, mean, <laughs> I think you just taught us something. This is great. But yeah, it's, it's, it, but it's been so successful. I am not a New York fan whatsoever. Really? I'll eat, I'll eat this every day. 
That's interesting. It's really good. Boy, I'm gonna have to. What do you your, have against the New York? I gotta get your email. Yeah, uh, New York sure. is. A, it doesn't have enough marbling straight through it. It's got too much gristle, and it has a tendency to be a lot drier. So that's why you prefer the ribeye. I do prefer you the betcha. ribeye. Yeah, you absolutely. Betcha. That's. But you I, want to get a good marbled ribeye too, because I've had ribeyes that are just kind of layered with yeah with fat, well, I, not I, marbled very well. And I was that bad. kid that sat at the end of the table and said, "Are you gonna eat that fat?" <laughs> that's guy, what makes you an incredible chef that's what he's doing you got to get oh, out to this does. event on the uh, 19th my805ticks.com what about an auction uh, i was seeing here that you're going to do an auction what are we what kind of things are we talking about that's going to be in the in the auction Lino? well we have a, a silent auction that's going to be inside with a lot of really amazing items but the big thing is our live auction so we have a professional auctioneer that's coming, and we have some amazing trips and all kinds of items that um, people can bid on. Who's your auctioneer? Uh, Eric Phillips Fun. is our auctioneer, and Ken Tucker is all right. uh, his sidekick. So. That's so much fun. Those are yeah. a lot of fun. So you have some cool little excursions. and Oh, we do. Where are you going? We yeah, where do. are the trips we to? We have... Um, we have a five-night stay in France that includes a private wine tour wow. and tasting and two 90-minute massages. That's in the Bordeaux region. There's so much to do in that Bordeaux region. Oh, we just got so back fun. from there. Yeah, oh, yeah. My wife is there. We're going to buy it whether I want it or not. <laughs> <laughs> did you do an Ama Cruise? We did. Just got back. I want to talk to you before we end the show about that. That would be great. We also have a paint and sip experience where they do the uh, – painting and it will be paired with charcuterie and dessert and wine we have lots of stays um, in Cayucas in mammoth uh six nights seven days in maui right on the beach we have um a beautiful silver bracelet from designer ben nighthorse from durango colorado we have um a wonderful stay at the paso rebels inn plus uh Golf at Hunter Ranch and flowers uh, to your room delivered. And a really, really big one that maybe some people might want to go in on as a group is our big ask for Red Wings, which is a tractor ask. Our tractor is gone, not functioning. We need it to do all the ranch work and to take care of the horses. So the starting bid would be $10,000. Mm-hmm. And as a little uh, incentive, Steve Cass has graciously added on uh, with that minimum $10,000 bid, either um, a wine uh, dinner for six to eight people at his home. Wow. And Chef Charlie and, and Alice Cass would decide on the menu. Dang. And we would have a musical performance. What? By, by Alice. Alice. Very cool. And the other option would be... I don't think be, I told her yet. <laughs> she doesn't know. Uh-oh, she might know if she hears this. The other option would be uh, a winemaker dinner in the barrel room, I believe. For up Damn. to 20 people. What? And uh, Steve would be in attendance at this special dinner. And Alice Cass, again, is going to do a wonderful musical performance. So this is a one That's of really time. generous of you, Steve. That's pretty awesome. It's Good for you, man. That'd be, I mean, you're a, that's an evening that somebody would never, ever forget. It's a good, it's a good cause. We enjoy doing these kinds of things. Yeah. We do them quite often. Yeah. We, we've 
gotten them kind of nailed down on how to do it so it's not too stressful for us. Yeah, good stuff. So this would be something wonderful to help Red Wings out, plus a magical night that you'd never forget. It would be one of a kind. Yeah. So maybe, you know, a few couples could go in together Mm -hmm. and consider bidding as a group on something like this. Oh, for sure. The cool thing is all the money goes to this cause. All of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. This is going down on the uh, night. Imagine if we got some friends and bid on that. Steve would be like, oh, no. Well, no. The court clerks <laughs> are coming over. No, no. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. I'm not playing for the court clerks. So no I'm, way. So I'm Steve for the night. He'd be, our, he'd be bringing us yeah. the wine and all that kind of stuff. Uh, let's talk about the next wine you brought. And uh, pass it over here, and we're going we're gonna to get oh, into this. Oh, is there another wine? There yeah, is there's this, one more. I, I brought the Syrah also. Oh. So we just got an email from one enthusiast the uh, day before yesterday that the uh, Syrah got a, a 93. Damn. Well done. So of all of our current releases, uh, every single one of them has got a rating of 90 or higher from Wine Enthusiast. That's pretty cool. I don't know if it's Monday or what, man, but these wines are going down so great. Remember back in the day we're like, <laughs> who gets to go to work on Monday and drink wine? <laughs> yeah, this is pretty amazing. I mean, obviously Sterling uh, Crackton has been just, uh, you know, he, it's like, you know, you guys were great and known for your wines. I liken this story to the Eberly store a little bit because they were great, known for their wines. They were winning awards before. But when that new winemaker stepped in, just something kicked into a more, uh, a very unique gear. And it happened for Eberly with Chris Eberly. And I swear to God, it happened with you guys and Sterling. I mean, Cash just went into like this overdrive with what you and Ted were already thinking of doing with, with the, the Geneseo Inn and then the cafe, even broadening out. And then we're using, um, Taco Bar stuff, new new property up here with the event center or the, the barrel room. Um, you guys have been in this kind of like evolution, you know, craziness right now, which is so exciting. And it didn't kill me. Yeah, right. You're still here to talk about it. <laughs> you know, it's crazy too. Yeah, you think about what the past decade has mm-hmm. done with mm-hmm. what you guys have done in the past decade from going from a tasting room to what you have today. It's insane. Yeah, it's, it's been head spinning for us also. I've gone from having like one person that takes care of events to like a staff of five. Yeah. And they're... Like experienced staff, not just young people coming. Oh yeah, no, no, your your team is on point. Yeah, we we got some serious staff now, which makes my life a lot easier. How do you like that area, Chef Charlie? Because you're up in that area with that beautiful, big ass kitchen. Stretch your arms out. I mean, you probably have the biggest working space of anybody in the whole. I mean, besides the cellar, it's pretty remarkable. Well, it's it's, it is pretty wonderful, and they did a real nice job of it. Um, They've basically given me a free hand to do with the food what I will and what I wish. Um, there's a lot of trust and, and care that goes into both sides of it uh, and comes from both sides. It's going to be like a dream so, job, um, a dream chef we, job. We, we met 17 years ago. I don't know if you know the story, but we met 17 years ago, and Mr. Cass was sitting on a stool in the middle of a giant paver drawing in chalk where his mm-hmm. original winery was going to be. He said, I'm going to put the case room there and the kitchen over there and so on and so forth. We made friends, had a great relationship for the next two, three years. I started took off, started my business, and ran that for 15 years, and then just a year and a half to almost two years ago now, came back on board, part of the family, and having fun. I mean, and on top of the fact that you you know, are friends, and you get to do this, and you have carte blanche, you guys also raise your own beef out of cash, yep. right? So, I mean, you really uh, can pick from the, um, right from the source. We've got beef, we've got gardens, we've got bees. You guys do such a great job, and the food, I love love it at the scale that it's at. Have you ever thought, though, Steve, of doing something like like Justin does and almost using Charlie and going, like, big, fine dining in a way, like almost going, going to a whole other level and a whole other clientele with it? 
we we've talked about it from time to time. We're not quite ready to pull that trigger yet. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, you've already seen it proven effective. Because people will drive. I mean, Chimney Rock Road is it's a destination to get out there. Yeah. And and you guys are even closer than that from the freeway. No, that's true. But you guys are you know you're part of those back road wineries, so you guys are in somewhat of itself a destination also, but a lot closer to the freeway than say even Justin is. But I mean. For fine dining, I mean, I don't even know if there's more fine dining place on the Central Coast than that place. People don't even know that, but it's like, I, mean, I was curious if you ever, you and Ted ever thought about, you know, dipping into those waters ever. And that's probably the next thing on the list of things to consider. We've been, we've been kind of tied up with these other development yeah, projects. The, the infrastructure's mm. already there with yeah. that beautiful barrel room. We got the and kitchen, the patio outside. We got a massive kitchen staff in yeah. front of the house staff. It's It's doable, yeah. Well, uh, it's this is such a great event, and and I didn't know about it until um, I when I found out about it because of you and because of uh, what's happening out Charles there. Charles Krellin, too. We want to thank Charles for hooking this up and being so great with everybody and connecting us all. I love Charles. Oh yeah, that's very true. Okay, so you got to check out Red Wings Shoe. Sorry, Red Wings Horse Sanctuary dot org. Red Wings Horse Sanctuary dot org. Uh, the block party again is on the nineteenth. My eight hundred five ticks dot com to pick it up. Barbecue live music. They're going to do the auction. They've got door prizes, uh, plus many other things going on. Watching somebody work on a horse's foot. You know, there's something that is so... <laughs> well, I know... The way you put that was so funny. But, the way, <laughs> but, you know, when you're watching somebody shoe a horse, there's something kind of soothing about it. Like, I don't know if you ever, huh. if you ever get, like, stopped and mesmerized and watch somebody do I do. I like, like when people write or draw. There's a whole process to it of the <laughs> yeah. cleaning and the, and, and the and I don't know, the filing and all this. I don't know. There's something to it. I've, I've seen it. And the, the fact f- that the horse is taken. Yeah. I mean, you've got a very powerful animal with his foot right between your legs. Yeah. <laughs> I never even thought of it like that. That sounds scary to me. Tell me what we're doing for someone who grew up, uh, you know, in Southern California, didn't have a whole lot of horseshoeing going on. Uh, Linnell, what is happening with the, the horseshoe? We were putting a, a shoe on a horse. Well, some of the horses are not shod just because of safety, but um, the ones that are definitely need hoof care all the time. So they're going to need the filing. They need new shoes. Um, we had a recent uh, horse that was seized that was on a 30-foot-long chain with no food or water, came in completely emaciated, and his hooves were just shredded, like they were oh, awful. Yeah. So we even had to wait until he was strong enough to be able to have the farrier come out and work on him. Because you got to fasten shoes to the hoof. Is that what, that's what goes down, right? Tacking. So... Mm. Uh, this horse Jerry wants us to know that he knows. He, he, this horse is a, a miracle story. So yeah, that's pretty crazy. Our, wow. our William is really something, and people will be able to see William when they come out. And uh, I thought they had horses in Agora where you grew. Well, old Agora people had horses again as pets. Like you'd have a couple in a corral on your property. I mean, you weren't certainly like rescuing them or doing jumps with them. Or I anything. never had a horse or anything growing up. I just, no. so, <laughs> I just thought this was so common now, knowledge. Uh, oh, stop tell, it! No, tell the didn't. audience <laughs> what happens to the horses once you accept them in. It's just live there forever? Or? No, no, really, we we want to have these horses adopted out and to find a new uh, forever home with a family. Yeah. So that really is one of our focuses. Some horses can't be uh, adopted out, but that is really one of the thrusts that we have. And we have a very active volunteer program. We have people that come in and groom the horses and give them that love and those carrots. And uh, we're also 
doing educational outreach. We want to get involved with 4-H and scouts, and we're going to be part of the Slow Farm Bureau's Great Ag Venture in October. So Mm -hmm. now that we're not in rural Lockwood, we have an opportunity to do so much more to really help these horses. Yeah, well, I mean, if um, obviously with with all the rehabilitation i mean if someone organization anyone with the resources can donate or learn more especially about this event uh really look into what they're doing there red wing horse sanctuary.org it's really cool to uh, meet a nonprofit like yours and it's so interesting because you know uh, for an area of you know i don't know 350 change thousand folks we have like 1100 nonprofits or more we have a lot of nonprofits in this area and you have the ones that you hear about all the time and then there's uh ones like this like where we're just learning about but the work that they've been doing for 30 years is is incredible and it's really neat that you uh came in here and that cast got on board and we got wind of it through charles and we're able to uh, learn about the organization that you're a, a board member of it's really cool to meet you well, it's very nice to meet you, too, and we're grateful that Steve Cass was interested enough in Red Wings to kind of spearhead this and bring Chef Charlie in and help us out with the event, and thank you for having me on. Yeah, yeah. Steve, I mean, from the Paddle Rescue Festival to all the other things that you kind of put your hand in, it's, 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 it is nice to have you <coughs> in the community. And thanks for bringing Charlie, because he brought a good spread. You know, it's, it's good for business to have good connections in your community. Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. Right. Charlie, look at this, my man. You really hooked it up. You do these through half of it. We're gonna. I know what we got a little bit. Uh, you still you got some cheese over there still, and some of that charcuterie. What is that dark thing right there? Grape. It looks like a mini eggplant. It is. Yeah. That's a grape. Yep. No, it's not. Touch my. Grape. Grab me one for them. <laughs> right, that that looks like done. a little mini eggplant. That's an actual. What kind it of grape like is that? It looks like an eggplant, but it tastes like a Thompson seedless. Are you kidding? Yeah. No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's like. That looks literally like a little eggplant. It tastes yeah. like a grape. It is. It's a grape. What kind of grape is that, Charlie? A giant grape. I have no idea. You don't know? Um, Lean into that mic. I can't hear you. Grabbed them and I grabbed them and I thought, oh, cool, black grapes. And then I pulled it out of the package and said, this thing's like a little mini hot dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have, I have not seen anything. It looks like, like those that little before. smokies. Little smoky, but they're good. But it's a grape. It's yeah. really, really good. Yeah. I've seen a grape like that in my life. This is a first. I've never seen this. So what can we expect when we come out and taste a cast over the weekend or whatever? What kind of food can we get? Cafe? What's on the menu? Right What's now hot we're right still now? in the in the season of heat, so okay. we've got ahi pokey yeah. bowls. We've got the you know we've got God, just a little bit of everything. What's the secret to a good ahi pokey bowl? The funny thing is that as hot as it is, the the lobster chowder sells like hotcakes. Of course, it's it's crazy. Lobster chowder is awesome. Uh, where, really where do you fresh, get it? Rarely fresh tuna. But yeah, I love it. We have some beautiful salads on the menu. Um, What's the secret to a good poke bowl? Avocado? Treat? Oh, Spice? no. Actually, the, the best tuna. The best tuna. It's really the, the, the tuna. best tuna is the most important. Then the second thing I was thinking most what you important top on is on the it. rice and how it's cooked and seasoned. The rice. Okay. There you go. And then, you know, a good quality wakame. Mm-hmm. Good, good wasabi mayo. You know, See, that's where it's straight, at. Straight wasabi. Doesn't work great with a poke bowl. Yeah, I agree. But uh, the wakame and the wasabi mayo, some tobiko, and uh, you know, then we throw the avocado in there. We're making our own kimchi out of, with See, the there you that go now. That's in the garden. What, yes. So that's going on little corners of the poke bowl. So it's got some dimension to it. I love things and it's like fun. That. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's Good for really you. tasty, great for the hot months. And then now I'm just starting to design the uh, back to the winter season. We sold 
probably more pozzoli than any Mexican restaurant in the state. Really? <laughs> last, wow. Last year, I, I, well, I made a lamb pozzoli Navajo style. And I thought, well, you know, we'll see if anybody likes it. But we're selling 40, 40 pounds of lamb every weekend. Wow. What, what is, like, what what is Navajo heck? style? Navajo, the, uh, the pozzoli was something that was uh, created by um, the Indians in Mexico. It wasn't a Mexican dish. It wasn't a Spanish dish. Um, and basically what they did is they take the mutton and they make a nice big stew out of it, nice and brothy in, in Mexico. And when you go to New Mexico and you go up into the reservation, it's more of a stew. It's thick. It's rich. Oh, it's got a lot of ingredient of to it. Could you stick, stick um, a fork so in it? Would it stand up? That kind oh, of yeah. thick? Okay. Oh, heck yeah. Okay, we're talking about but, okay. So you're just looking at, at the texture of it is the only real difference. Uh, Mexico likes to use pork. The, the Indians like to use lamb or, or mutton, and it's it's just incredibly good. Wow. Same, same flavor profile and everything. So not the style texture. is more of a stew than a soup. Yeah, it's, it's just a little heartier. Oh, man. okay. That's, that's, that's all, really all, cool. I'll, I'll say for it. And then uh, we'll make, make some Navajo fried bread to go along with that. When does this start? Huh? Next month? Probably November. Oh, okay. November. Yeah. Right. What's your favorite thing to make during the holidays? Thanksgiving dinner, mm. something like a ham thing. Is it some? Let's see. Do you cook at home? Like, do you, do you like? Oh, food? heck yeah! You do? Heck yeah! Well, you know, as far as holidays, I you do. Guess of... you just have to go right to the straight to the prime rib. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah for give sure. me a nice big slab of prime rib and a good cup what of about, bajou. What about side I'll dishes for Thanksgiving or Christmas? Mm-hmm. Like, what is? What is? Do you have a special one or do you? Well, we uh, traditional. Well, there's always the traditionals, but um. You know, I would prefer that my cream corn wasn't creamed. <laughs> I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah, like my green my green beans still with a little crisp to them. Yeah, but uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's just refined a little bit. We 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 do a uh, friendsgiving dinner at Cass, and I go a hundred percent traditional, our style, and so that's just taking it and elevating it a little bit in one way or another, and mm-hmm. yeah, fun with it. That sounds really cool. I, I, I love the memories that a Thanksgiving dinner brings. So you don't want to mess with it too much, you know? Yeah. Because yeah, really, it really is a nostalgic thing and thinking about family and, and times past and things that you're thankful for. And, yeah. Remember, you know, we, we used to do forward. this uh, before COVID, we did these Cork Dorks Thanksgiving dinners that were really yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They really yeah. were. Yeah. yeah, you just get a chef and we do, oh, get a bunch of fun. people together. Yeah, everybody bring a bottle and then we just all sit down and do it. Yeah, good times. Um, hopefully, we can do that again very yeah. soon. Yeah, well, it was so much fun to hang out with you guys. That's Chef Charlie. He's from Cass, uh, CassWines.com, right, Steve? That's right. Steve Cass hanging out. Uh, yes, Ted performed and behaved fine at the fair. Good. You can know that. <laughs> that is fine. I know you were nervous about that. And um, go to Cass Wines and, and taste and hang out. Horseback ride, do it all. I mean. Stay. Yeah. And, of course, a lot of live events. Dan was just out there with Moonshine and Collect. Oh, nice. The weekend. And so, a fun, fun concert. He's night. so good. Yeah. He's I love so his good. Music. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's funny because when we I met mean, him, I thought he was really good. And he is so, I mean, he's, he's just he's incredible. you know, getting even better. Well, here's the thing with Dan. Like, he's the kind of talent and the kind of guy that should be playing for, like, 27,000 people. And uh, you know, but not everyone. I don't know. It's like you, 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 you wish someday he someday. that hits for him. And but like he's that good. And we're, the fact that we have him here on the center because I feel like we're really lucky. It's a treat for it sure. Felt like it was all original music. I, I yeah, I didn't hear anything. Even when he does a cover, it's like he owns it in a way that's a lot of fun. Yeah, but no, it is all it. original music. Yeah, yeah. Pretty all cool. right. So once again, my eight hundred five ticks dot com to get tickets to this. It's uh, happening out on uh, the nineteenth uh, from eleven to three. It's uh, going to be out there on Union Road in Paso Robles. It's the Red Wing. 
Springs Horse Sanctuary uh, block party with Cass Wines. Uh, once again, barbecue, live music. They're going to do an auction. They've got a silent, a live door prizes. Uh, lots of fun to be had. Linnell, thank you for coming in. Thanks for your passion and for th- this project. And it- it's great to know, you know, we're, we're big uh, fans of the Humane Society, and we both have adopted dogs. And uh, so it- it's so important to see that animals get another chance. Well, thank you so much. And people need to get their tickets quickly because 245 tickets out of 300 have been sold. Wow. So not much That's time That's just in this broadcast, left. huh? Yeah. And yeah, wow, people, amazing. And if people don't get out there for the block party, we do offer a guided public tours. Cool. And come out and visit us and see what we do in person. All right, That'd be well, really neat. Cheers, guys. Put them on the glass. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> cheers. Cheers. The Crush 92.5.